0: Good morning, fellow gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm with Mona and, of course, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Hope everybody's
1: doing well. Arsenal took on Everton and tent- took on Villarreal, probably one of the biggest games of our season. But first off, Arsenal take on Everton. You know, I think Everton were, were probably even going to this game a bit more hungry than Arsenal were, even though what it took, would take for Arsenal is a few good results, and suddenly you could see, you know, mm-hmm top four could be somewhere in the horizon or even a, a European spot. So I, I know a lot of focus was for the Europa you know, League time and I thought, you know, Arsenal would give some sort of performance and revenge over since they lost to Everton.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the opening solvers of the game, uh, very positive from both sides, <clears throat> trying to, you know, go for it um, and some of the authority in the game. But, I mean, as the game now wore on in its first... Uh, 10 15 minutes as Arsenal was like, growing into the game, there were also kind of flaws that we've been also bringing up constantly in the podcast where things were fizzling out every time it's getting close to the box, and everything was just you know doing the breakdown. And and I mean, it was actually weird, maybe this was of course a plan by Ancelotti, but it's it something like, yeah, that the that, that, that sort of thing that we see Arsenal have the most problem with when they're doing the two uh, when they're playing up against teams that go two banks or four. And of course, we were, <clears throat> you know, knocking and oh, offing and puffing and we weren't
1: really getting through to No, it's been a problem this entire OTT Anyway, you know, put Arteta as a team who comes out and attack, and Arsenal can put them to the sword. But the moment the team decides, OK, we're going to give you guys the initiative, that is where Arsenal struggle their labour and they kind of... You know, missing the likes in this aspect of a Kieran Tierney on, on the right hand side or or even uh, a Cedric or Bellerin just to add that bit of more attack because Arsenal's midfield doesn't have like the greatest amount of space, especially when you have like the likes of Semeos and Party in the middle of the field. You know, it's not, it, it, it's a kind of a off balance midfield at the moment. So, you Know uh, and then uh, the, and at the top of that, and leading the line, it just seemed like yeah. Arsenal
0: were never going to kind of be attacking in full force. Yeah, and I mean, for, like, first big warning shot for Arsenal, 14th minute when a uh, cross comes in that Arsenal failed to deal with, and Calvert Lewin just glances, you know, either wide. So, I mean, you know, the opportunities are already there for that up and coming England striker. Um, Arsenal. The, you know, when we did now get forward, we, you know, just started to be almost like very tame without chance because I, I, there were chances for Saka and Ketia. But I mean, it was all, it was like, at times, like, more like back passes to a goalkeeper because, I mean, there was no real, you know, venom behind the shots. Then, 30th minute, Richarlison then, you know, jinxes himself into the box, gets past Pablo Marie and then, you know, he has a shot which Leno, of course, has to palm away. But I mean, honestly, like the even though we are you know, getting blunted outside of the pitch, you know, uh, when we're attacking, they seem to be getting, you know, just that step, you know, uh, taking the risk a bit more, getting the chance. And, I mean, they were not testing our goalkeeper more than we were doing. That to, you know, pick Pickford. And then, a 40th minute, as we're closing in on halftime, Sigurdsson gets a free kick again. You know, even leading up to that free kick, very clumsy by Thomas Party. I mean, you know, the last few weeks... <clears throat> I mean, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, leading up to, uh, you know, the, the way when you maybe made the move from Atletico, Atletico to, to Arsenal. I thought to myself, you know, we're getting a real almost like a midfield juggernaut coming in. But I mean, when you see the sort of missed time tackles and, and you know, he make, he's, you're looking to him to almost like, you know, carry this midfield in a way. I'm not saying it must be his sole responsibility. But I mean, you're looking at him, the quality, the, also like the, the price tag and, that. and then you see him making almost like this, you know, stuff that you see of, of maybe a academy player or something like that doing. And I mean, that, that's not just, you know, stabbing in the dark really. But I mean, not impressed really with his performances. And then I mean, with Se- Sigurdsson's freak, it ends up you know, clipping the top of the bar.
1: Yeah, the the sad thing is, as you say, as, as we go along, you know, closer to the to the end of, of the first half, is that there is no real talking point for Arsenal as a yeah. as an Arsenal fan to kind of say, you know, we did this, we did that. It's like, you're always talking about the opposition doing something, you know maybe Leno putting up a save, and Arsenal is handling through the game all the time. It's, it's, it's come to a point, you know, where you have to kind of, you know, sometimes you're watching these games, you're like, okay, after the first half, you're thinking, you know, what what, what could you chat about on this half? Because Arsenal just... Sometimes offer absolutely nothing going forward, and it's it's a big problem. I, I don't know how we're going to solve it. But like you said, Everton came to the Emirates, you know, knowing that Arsenal don't like teams sit
0: back and just absorb pressure. And I mean, look, you know, chatting to my friends, like you know, on Facebook and that, like Arsenal friends and that. And I mean, the the, the things that I've already heard them when they you know describe me watching just ask Arsenal game because. I mean, I've been asking them also, like, their take on on how they perceive things when they're not sitting and watching. Mm -hmm. One of my friends was telling me, um, you know, he sometimes just goofs around on his phone during the game, which you never would before. And then, I mean, some were saying, you know, the games are tedious to watch, like pulling teeth in it. And then some were saying, it's just straight down, right, boring, because it's like they, they almost end up, you know, waking up, falling asleep, waking up, falling asleep during the course of a game, because... it's so it's almost like I told you the I think last week in the podcast it's almost like the stop-start brand of football and if you're not getting like as a neutral excuse me if you're watching say a team like Man City or you know one of those top teams they play a flowing game there's nothing of I'm going to stop the ball I'm going to run a bit I'm going to stop or okay I don't know what to do now with the ball is anybody going to come help me you don't see that really with with, you know if you want to be a top team and to, for us to try to even label ourselves like that is way off, and I mean, it goes hand in hand with that sort of talk of the the, the super league thing. Where how would an Arsenal team like this, <laughs> what you see now, how would they cope in a, in a league?
1: No, it would be we would just like to be there to be part to be ever seated at the table because we are nowhere near them. When I mean, you watch Man City play against PSG, I mean that's a high octane game, best game. Imagine you put Arsenal in that game. We would have gotten into a new one. And it's, it's really sad seeing it. And, you know, as, as we go get to the talking points, I'll, I'll state my feelings about, you know, how I feel about the current situation at the moment. But, I mean, is it viable to go on like this? I mean, if you if look at the team, I, I don't know when last... You know, even with Emily you know, they were, I know we had bad matches, but there was some times, you know, where I enjoyed watching the football, but... It's just, you know, our home form is uh, not a fortress. Our home is not a fortress. Like, teams just come there, like, okay, give Arsenal the initiative, and they will
0: struggle. Because, I mean, if you think with, with uh, you know, what you're not saying with the initiative, that, when you look at, at, say, Emery's reign, if it wasn't doing like a split screen of their things,
1: Yeah.
0: Emery played an attacking brand of football, but he couldn't defend for shit. Whereas yeah. Arteta's trying to focus that but it's almost like nullifying the attacking side of a game. So you, the minute you do something like that, it takes just one chance for the opponent to score, which they normally do. They get the goal or whatever, and then like they'll shut the shop down, and we don't know what to do with the ball. We'll pass, 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 but we're not going to get any way through with any of this. So really infuriating to watch. And I mean, going to the second half, <clears throat> I was not thinking a, a bigger backlash would come from it. But of course Everton are already already, you know, stated their you know, intentions in the game. They come, all, you know, really hard on the front foot. Because I think they in transition also to defending or from defense to attack. They are very quick. I mean, Ancelotti has that or has been trained to a team in that aspect. So I Sigerson then gets denied by a holding block. Uh, then for the third minute, also controversial moment again. Uh, Charleston ends up tripping Sebastian's the ref gives a straight uh penalty and after VAR check they find out Pepe is offside but I mean my point was or time to make there was almost like something like 15 seconds between the Pepe being offside to you know, the game continuing and whatever and then that sort of decision being made and even then it was so I mean I'm sure you could even put a sheet of paper through the way they were doing it with that protect the thing again. Yes, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I mean it's almost like another lady in the coffin of AR for me, like from my personal point of view, because it's moments like this. I mean, as I said uh, last week or so, or two weeks ago in the podcast, it doesn't mean if you're an Arsenal fan, but I mean, even if you're not, you you can't have this thing constantly going like that because Sometimes it depends on, on almost like the official on the day. Yeah. Right? And then you'll go like, mm, you know, I'll probably give this to them or whatever. And then you get some, like, say with us, or like uh, we they come down like the hammer. I'm not saying this with us, there are other teams, but it's almost like everybody outside, say, the top eight or whatever, you get hammered for stuff like that. I really hammered for it.
1: No, I, I'm, I think they are against Arsenal because... I don't know if it was just Arsenal games because I haven't been like, I don't always just watch all the like, different types of games I watch, you know, key other games maybe besides Arsenal. But, you know, every time I watch an Arsenal game, I see VAR overruling a decision. And it's it's actually either against us or in the opposition's favour. And I don't know if it's all other clubs that have this, but every single game almost you watch Arsenal, is a VAR's decision.
0: And I mean, I mean, how many coaches, especially now in, in, in say mid table, lower table, how many of them haven't really laid down like with the complaints with, with the sort of decisions that get screwed up? And I mean, it ends up <clears throat> down the line almost that like it can cost people's careers, even like as coaches. Yeah, I mean, you
1: could look at the points we've lost over the season, and then you go back and you probably put put the compilation of that together, and you'll see that how much. Points we've dropped, you know. You, 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 we obviously Arsenal aren't painting themselves in glory, but you know, that's a penalty. Arsenal put it away, one to Arsenal, and suddenly into the game's a different, different ball game. Everything have to come out. Arsenal play a bit more free-flowing game, but you know that doesn't happen, and it's almost as Arsenal. That was how can I say, um, morale um deflating after that penalty was taken away from them.
0: Then, 64th minute, Chambers ends up volleying a, a corner from Arsenal into the ground. But, of course, the trajectory gets it somewhat like wrong, so the ball ends up just bouncing over the crossbar. So, you know, it was like a, a slight warning shot by Arsenal. Then, Sebaeus ends up with a rastering drive, I think about 68th minute, about 25, 20 yards out. Where Pickford finally has to, you now do something, and he ends up clawing the ball away. Arsenal then, of course, make a double change, uh... Odegaard coming on uh, Pepe coming off which I found wrong decision I even like you know in my notes I you know, just put a little point in it because for me Pepe was actually the more you know the one that was actually causing them a bigger headache through like dribbling with the wall in it and I it, it's so frustrating because you see this sort of thing happening every time where you, you see the momentum going one way and I mean of course there the other substitute then also to kind of come off but I mean He, as I said, he looked again lightweight against, even though that was, I think, roughly the Everton's makeshift uh, centre-back pairing, Alien coming on to kind of, you know, occupy them. Uh, Then 76 minutes, Charleston. In some other he gets past uh, the fullback, back Chaka, takes on Marie. And then, of course, Marie is not really being decisive enough to go into, you know... Either, I'm not saying foot stomp the player, but I mean, just to get on his toes somewhat. Charles ends up getting a shot where he's just almost like really smashing it across the six yard box. But of course, it flicks Marie's head and it squirms kind of worse Leno. And of course, Leno's doing the Cardinal sin as a goalkeeper. His legs are wide open. The ball ends up squirming through his hands, hits the back of his heel, and shoots through 1 or Everton.
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it Cole. when I was watching it kind of just summed up Arsenal at this point in time. I was just looking in disbelief and and, and asked myself really? And then you know, one more down you after this performance already, you just kind of knew this game was gonna amble out to to, to, to not and you're hoping it Arsenal were gonna come out, you know, try to get the equalizer, but there was just no what's the word, desire. Um, there's nothing in this team to try to fight to get the, the, the equalizer.
0: Yeah. Then you know, of course, uh Arteta now with his final throw of the dice really. At the third minute he ends up taking off Callum Chambers. And he brings on William and again <laughs> Is this now your SOS or something like that? Because you know when he comes on he already runs around like a hills chicken on most parts of the game. Like the little cameos he gets. And this is something, I mean, I just want to bring it up to my friends also later on. You know, it's so blatant at the moment to see right now, he must have some sort of stipulation in this contract we has to play. Because sometimes it comes on in games where, and I'm thinking to myself, as you know, said like a few seconds ago, really? Because you actually want is this guy supposed to now rescue us right now when we're already <laughs> finding it difficult to break through the lines by Everton? And he's supposed to get through. I'm. I'm not talking of William Chelsea days. I'm talking of William now at Arsenal in their colours. Is he going to now try to pick that lock? Good luck. With, I mean, that's never going to happen. Yeah, so, at all. Yeah. So 90th minute, uh, Martinelli ends up forcing himself into the in the Everton box. Manages to fire a shot across the box, same way a bit uh, like Charleston. Everybody kind of misses it, but I mean, by the time the ballers is to. Do, Squirm myself to Bukaya uh, Saka. Piquet is already on the number, and he ends up, you know, collecting the ball before it even reaches Saka. So, I mean, he ends up taking and killing up the last bit of seconds, and, I mean, another loss for Arsenal, we dropped a tenth.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's actually quite, quite embarrassing, you know, watching Arsenal, and you just see us dropping more points. And, I mean, it could be worse, because you look at... Um, the Premier League table at the moment, we, we're 10th, I think the leads are, oh, the leads are in, in, in of us, and if they win, they'll go above us. So, I mean, we could slip down to 11th, and the only reason we're not twelve is because the Wolves have been battling a bit, but I mean, you know, this is relegation form stuff with 46 points only. You know, Arsenal should be happy that Sheffield United, West Brom and Fulham were kind of battling because else, you know, we could have been dragged very much into the relegation scrap and it's just not good enough to do that. But, you know, after losing this game, your consolation was, you know, for me, the Premier League, it's, it's basically done. You know, there's no, unless we, we get some miracle of winning what the next five games in a row, I don't see us getting anywhere, and then I was like, okay, let's focus on Thursday night, we will come out, all guys placing against Una Emre, Arsenal playing away from home, you know, I think is our best chance to actually end the tie away from home, because right now, our home form is probably the worst I've seen in a long time, so I thought, Arsenal get the job done against Villarreal, so I thought, you know, we'll go out there and, and get two to three away goals and show up and give a hardcore performance because we played Friday night it's the night almost a week's rest
0: so yeah yeah so I mean both teams you know coming to the game with a real if we track those based on league form tend and of course trying this game to, to set up a false nine as use tactic for the match I personally thought it would work because I thought to myself look if you're not gonna have say something like in kittier firing, then at least that is your other option. You know, if we can somehow, um, you know, somehow master the way Pep has done it at Man City, I thought, you know, in my mindset, of course, I was uh, somewhat deluded, I think, with the, the sort of amb- or airy ambitions, I think. Um, I thought that would now work because I thought to myself, you you don't need now a straight centre-forward whatever you can have. You know, them floating the same way Liverpool did with their front three when they played that false nine for a while. So, I mean, Arsenal start the game quite positive on the front foot. Arsenal, of course, doing high press, but, I mean, that all but lost for another four minutes because all of a sudden... And, I mean, look, you've played football yourself. You've also analysed football games yourself, if you're now watching again, If you start failing that early, you know, with your, your four... Or you don't have that sort of energy with that, that high press, you're going to end up start leaving big, you know, almost like Swiss cheese uh, that holes. In your, in your not only in midfield but also it's going to lead to your defence as well because we're not trying to be cute, trying to do this sort of thing, trying to smother them. But I mean, the minute they started kind of weathering the storm, because look, when they would win the ball, they wouldn't now just boot it; they would play more of a possession game, and start inching their way slowly up the field and, and with that came also the problem for Arsenal because they've got a, a winger, and I mean, I've wa- I watched the Villarreal game last week Sunday when they played Barcelona. They were, you know, somewhat unlucky in the game also at times. But I mean, the one guy that that stood out for me was uh, Chukwuezi. a a winger. And I think we were linked to him either. I'm not sure if it was last season with the the roundabout the time also with the Pepe deal. We were linked with him as well if if we couldn't get now Pepe. And I mean, he ends up, you know, finding himself in the Arsenal box. Arsenal, of course, I think uh, about three people. In, in close tackling range of him, he manages to squirm and worm himself through them, cuts the ball back, and, I mean, he, you can see it's like a hit, you know, not a hit, you know, a pass, you know, because he just lays the ball open, and, I mean, because you can see, I think Gerard Marino was kind of waiting for the pass to come to him, but, I mean, um, Manuel Trigueros, uh, he ends up bursting through the midfield, and, I mean, he ends up just smashing the ball past Leno, you know, and, I mean, no chance for the keeper, no real protection from his defence. One 1-0, Valeria.
1: Yeah, at that point, uh, I don't know how you felt, but I just felt my stomach turn. Uh, like I just I just felt Arsenal didn't look up to it. Like I mean uh years again and 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 um not dealing with the issue, party as well, you know, being quite guilty of it as well. And you just look at this Arsenal awesome team and you started asking yourself, where is this goal going to come from? Because Valerial's not the fastest of teams. And, and, you know, listening to to other pundits and all that before the game, they're like, you know, they can't see Valerial winning this game. They just don't have the pace. They have a slow midfield. You know, Arsenal were to run off them. But it was like, Valerial played Arsenal at their own game with a possession game. They slowed things down. Arsenal, like you Mm. said, were leaving gaps open. Um, We were keeping possession without any purpose. Mm. And um, yeah, the the, the Danny Seba who says the the, the ball carrying midfielder. I mean it, it it wasn't working. I mean yes they they got a bit lucky with the ball, like squirming in the box like that. But you know, like yeah. you said, poor defending from Ceballos and Zajaka. And you know, uh, I don't know if Leno could have done anything about the shot, but I mean there was there was nothing Yeah. Uh, in my opinion you could have done. I mean, one 0 to Arsenal, and you just praying to yourself like you know. Come on, Arsenal, you know, it was only let's step up in try to get that away the goal.
0: Then of course, 15 minute, uh Pepe ends up you know getting kind of blocked out by the uh Villarreal defense before he could actually do something you know worthy. Because but I mean he was trying to keep them, you know, on his t- on their toes when he was like making that surges going forward. Uh twenty third minute, Sabres and party, you know, for me by that point already, I mean Leading up with this game, like you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, you could see already that golf that you're talking of with, with a quality or lack of quality. And then, of course, for me, that's not like when I came to the conclusion, you know, these two are a terrible combo. Yes. Like the one, like, like, I was telling my son when we watching, it's like, you're watching Zepheus, and he's either surging forward or he's tracking back, but it's like watching also somebody running in beach sand because <laughs> he's just not really taking off. And then um, Thomas Partey has a sort of DNA. in the headlights look when he's always playing right now. I don't know what has happened to him in the past four to, to, to six weeks because all of a sudden he looks, you know, almost like bewildered or dazed. Sometimes when he just a little bit of pressure, he ends up panicking and kicks the ball out of the field or something like that. And I, thought, I thought you were like... <laughs> I mean, you come with this reputation of being like a beast in midfield and then all of a sudden I was getting this horrific... Flashbacks and cold flashes, not hot flashes, cold flashes of Julio Baptista, where everybody heard when he, when he joined Madrid from Sevilla, you know, he's the beast up front. He can do everything and anything. And you watch him at Arsenal, he ended up being a, a real pussycat, getting bullied all over, sweating more than actually playing right. So, yes, you actually wonder, are we now going down this path again with, with this player? Because yeah, I mean, of course, we're going to be patient with him. and that, But, I mean, you. B- besides that, uh, patience is not going to give you, you know, almost like a, a sort of takeaway where you're thinking, okay, he, he's, he regularly passed, like, or so he shoots like a, a fly-off or something like that. They don't really <laughs> Because if you know you are not going to have a shot on target, stop doing it. Because, I mean, the only chance he gets to really have a shot on target is when he's, do- he's doing it in training and he's... Those air dummies that are stuck on the field and they're not closing him down or anything. Because then for me, that is uh, the, the real proof is in the pudding is what you see on a on a matchday pitch. If you can hold your cool and have a fine crack at goal, whatever, then you know go for it. But I mean if you're just thinking, oh yeah, you almost like a training-based sort of uh, shooter at goal, then it don't work because I mean I already thought it, I come in also push out all this, what I would call the propaganda videos. And then you, oh, they're, they're shooting from this. When you watch them play on a match day, they don't do anything of that. Anything. They don't do anything of that that you see. So, like, where's this gulf now in between what you see in training and what you see on a match day? Uh,
1: and, you know, as people at Thomas Partey I had a shot, a shot at the edge of the box, and, you know, he's, 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 he's um, usual <laughs> to the usual. And that led to Valerial's, um second goal. Cause it kind of led to that corner that they that they were going to get um where Arsenal once again you know party you know they were ping the corner and the the the, the um party loses his man and this is a flick on and Albio makes it 2-0
0: for Boliviano. Yeah I mean party totally falls asleep with the Falco and to be taken out like and I mean it, like, when they show the replay from a different angle, you can actually see he's looking straight at Abiyo. And I mean, when that ball comes in, I mean, you at least stick to your man, even if you're not going to get a jump on him or something. You just get your body physically, you know, bumped up against him because just a slight getting off balance already puts him off from getting even a header on target. So why not do that? But now he just ends up ball watching and he just stands. And I think it was, I mean, if I had a punch bag, I would probably knock the shit out of it, honestly, because that's how pissed of was. <laughs> Because yeah. what, 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 what we also I think failed to mention even that first goal of Villarreal starts in there like deep in their off and they just end up passing and passing and they they're getting through different phases of our, our, our setups of our team so it's ridiculous what you're watching
1: and Rob Holding once again hardly went up for that first header which kind of eventually gone to the So also once again you know Rob Holding loses his is man cleanly and this is not the first time it's happened. And yeah, I think just remember we, we, we thought Davis yeah, Danny Semaius was also you know finished since he lost the, the ball leading up to the um, the second corner and or the second goal. And we really thought he was finished, you know, having a bad day that um, Juan was it Juan Foy or something no, the number eight? Absolutely roasted him for most of the game, and then you know. Burst through the middle, and you could see, like you said, Sebius, that like he was running in sand and, and just fouls the player and, and picks up a, a yellow card. But you just had a, a funny feeling, you know, before even half time that Sebius is battling in this game and battling against Juan
0: Foy. Just so one point on the week before that, I mean, 35th minute, we also had a VAR penalty appeal. Oh, yes, the, yes, 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 yes. was brought down. And then, of course, like, you know, through VAR, they end up seeing, okay has a ball dropped in his run, like, you know, since he runs a lot with his arms, like, you know, arms in motion. that uh, takes it knocks the ball, low, lands on his form. So, of course, you know, that gets scrubbed. And then just to bring out that topic now that you brought up, you know, when I saw Foyth uh, burst through, and I mean, look, he was somebody that was not given a chance at Tottenham, because I think that was now a lone move away for him to get minutes. To see a centre-back bursting through like that and you're, supposedly like I mean his usual position is central attacking midfield to see somebody like that struggle in that motion of of you know taking off and, and holding up and then almost like almost like petulantly just kicking out and tripping the, the, yeah. the, the. So I mean he ends up with a yellow and I mean right now what you said was like also key you also new. if if somebody can't or look so out of touch doing the dirty work in a football match like the tackling. I'm not even holding up play, which is probably what Arteta always thinks he's like a golden boy. But I mean, if you can't tackle right and you're playing in that sort of position, you're just asking for trouble. Second off, and my personal take was get him off at the halftime. time because so. like, you know, that, that footwork. I don't think it's a Villa thing or something, but it's not like when you're watching Santikasola, they shuffle that ball so quick between their feet. I mean, it takes one. I mean, that that that, for that one. We got talked to just before halftime, I believe. Where he ends up kicking the guy just below the kneecap, because the guy, like, uh, you know, almost like slalom past him. And he just aimed like a, you know, almost like a petulant you know, kick again. And he catches the guy in the knee. And the ref actually tells him, look, you're already on the yellow. Just calm down with it. And then, I mean, we go into the second half. In a game, of course, Villarreal dominating now. Emery. This, I think this was also one of the flaws of Emery also that he mm. does. Uh, if you now watch that as a neutral, they got the game in full control. They can, I mean, you could see they were peppering us with shots. Also, they, they I mean, I get it to you. They keep on that striker second half. They're going to probably get another two or three goals against us. They end up, or well, he decides, of course, to shut up shop. He brings on Francis Cochran, aka your policeman, like the <laughs> <laughs> And he ends up coming on. And I mean, you got to see the intention not to gonna, like, close the game down. And I thought, what's up? Why are you doing? I mean, I'm an, like Arsenal fan all in all, but I mean, to see how you your, your yes. like, uh, I will do that. And it's, it's like, for me, it was a really quizzical. But I mean, okay, that was not their decision. Uh, in 48 minute, Pepe then has his shot again blocked by Abiel. Because I mean, Abiel might not have the, the pace that we remember. Uh, not the pace, but I mean, his reading of the game has always been spot on. Even yes. like, was he at Valencia back in the day, you know, the, the golden generation. Yes, I think and then he went to Real
1: Madrid for a season. I think he was at Napoli also at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I mean, he is, of course, reading quickly the game. 10-57 minutes, Serbius bursts through with the ball, ends up almost like overrunning the ball. But in that time to win it, he ends up staring. I mean, it wasn't like really a stamp on the, like, you know, a, like malicious, I wasn't really malicious, but I mean, he did step on uh, Parejo's foot. And I mean, Ref, of course, sees it, he calls him up, gets his second yellow, and we down to 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, I was actually fuming at that point. And I just thought about what you spoke about last week, last week or the week before, in a podcast where you asked, you know, would you keep CBOs um, at the club? And you know, I'm I'm ready to let him go, especially since he said in the media that he doesn't want to be at Arsenal next season. Oh yeah. So, so you know, I'm happy with him he doesn't play another competitive minute for us in, in that sense. I mean, you know, I thought I'd just stick up for him, or whatever, but I mean this is not the first time he's battled. I mean, if you look at that Benfica game as well, that second leg, he was a big cause of, of both goals. And I look here as well. He also played a part in, in the goals and then gets a red card as well on top of it. I don't know if, he, if he's going to go back to Spain and play for Villarreal next season and, and try to get in the Champions League. But I mean, that was suicidal. And, and I told my girlfriend as well, two minutes before the red card happened, I said, Sheba, is going to get sent to and We're going to go down to 10 minutes. How yeah. is that? And you read the comments on the Arsenal page after the red card. Everybody was calling it out before it happened. How is it all fans saw that it's going to happen? It was a record waiting to happen. But the coach did absolutely nothing. His assistant coaches didn't tell him, look, let's get get um um Sebioz off. Do you think it was okay? I mean, they could have taken Sebioz off, shifted Shakai to the centre-wind, and brought out T- um, Cedric or, or Valerian. I mean... It's not the rocket science or or, or like force Cedric to maybe play on the left hand side um and bring Zhaka in the center because it it, it wasn't working. Sebios was consistently losing out and a yard slower. Maybe also not to make excuses for party, but maybe that partnership with, with, with Sebios is also
0: putting strain on his game as well. Mm. Because, I mean, I don't know if you recall also in that that second half also. I think there was also a moment where he also ended up either tripping or kicking a guy and, and, and fouling it. And the ref just, you know, just pointed, didn't say anything to him, just pointed at him and I was like, you know, I've got my eye on you. And I think to myself, now you already got the target on your back and you're still doing stupid stuff like this. I mean, the one thing you want to try is you're going to try to keep yourself out of all the sort of mess. Because, I mean, that is also the, the sort of petulance that we have going on at Arsenal. I mean, they they are given also in this instruction about what to do or what not to do. And they are just keeping up, making the same sort of errors that ends up costing the team in the long run. So Arsenal end up 63rd minute. They bring on uh, Martinelli They take Odegaard off. I mean, for me, Odegaard seemed more like a passenger, wasn't doing anything, you know, uh, of, of, of worth, really. Because I was expecting making more impact passes and then all he was yeah. doing was laying the... And this is the problem that I think I told you a while back. There are too many, midf- especially the midfielders, they're all, I mean, in my opinion, you've to been a blunt about it, they're all cowards because they're all hiding behind the fact, okay, I can lay the ball off and give the problem to somebody else. For them, as like the ball is a problem, so they don't want to show, okay, I can do this with the ball, even if I'm, because we almost like get people, that almost like play with the highlight reel. They want to, that for the stats, because when opponents are going to give them space, yes, they're going to cause damage. But the minute they, they have to do the flip side, the dirty work, you know, rolling up the sleeve spot, then for me you can see who is worthy of playing or staying at the club because I saw really nothing from Odegaard. like for me, uh, someone like, like Smith, I was playing his backside off because I mean he was trying to keep things going. Yeah, at least keep that. That midfield also second guessing things like that. And then of course I mean look, Valerio, you can see also the momentum. Kind of shifting because not that, that they were playing bad, they were just trying to close up shop because they they attacking away less, they were playing more of a counter attacking game, just wanting because they knew we were gonna now probably go gang out to try to get the opportunity. Uh, Coughlin ends up with a no look past 66 minutes. I mean, I really thought, was, oh, Gosh, this was the same guy, that was by us, yes. <laughs> And I mean, he ends up uh, playing more, you know, in, and I mean, he forces a fantastic save from Leno, which I think you were mentioning it also uh, post-game, where you said, the Zoom sort, of, sort of say that kind of keeps you in a game. Yes. But
1: that's a I think, came over 10 minutes, 3-0 no down, uh, after uh, we were playing. Like, 2-0 yeah. no down, I think, Emre was... Emery is, is a good coach over two legs. You know, I, I need to give him the credit where it's due. I mean, uh, he made the mistake. But I think his plan was, I think because he knows Arsenal has better quality than Villarreal. So his plan, I think, was try to shut up shop, get the 2-0 result. And they would probably blow Arsenal out of the water. Not saying they're going to beat us 3-4-0. It's just, you know, Emery, that Napoli performance where we, we, we had a 2-0 home um, result. And everyone's like, ah, Napoli's going to come back, Napoli's going to come back. And we beat Napoli 1-0 at, at their home ground. And then you look at also all our own performances. And then away from home, we just, you know, did enough to either get us over the line or, um, you know, beat beat the team quite convincingly. So I think Emily, that was his plan. And Arsenal, I think, besides Saka and Pepin, nobody was showing any sort of attacking initiative. So, you know, Arsenal, like you said, Wakao is in that way, just passing the ball to Saka and say, go on, lad, do something.
0: Yeah, so in the minute, then Saka ends up, uh, you know, tricking triggers to put out a leg. He trips over it, slight penalty. But, I mean, when, you VAR, when the VAR checked it up, of course, official not gave the penalty. But, I mean, you could see... Saka was really playing for it because yeah. we saw that guy's leg stick out like that. He just ends up like twining his leg in between and getting now you know, tipped to the ground. So, I mean, kind of cheap penalty, but I mean, we're going to take it anyway. Pepe then steps up and, uh, you know, plays the plant straight down the middle. 2-1, game on.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I thought to myself at the point, how is Arsenal still in this game? Ten men and we're playing probably in the worst like, I, I don't know if, what is your opinion on this. I've, you know, with you, I know you maybe have seen a bit more, but I've witnessed Arsenal play, you know, many semifinals, lose semifinals, and still, you know, as sad as I was, thinking on the chin, but at yeah. this point, this is probably one of the worst performances i saw from an Arsenal team in a semifinal. Yeah. There's like
0: like they don't show that sort of, you know, that... that, that you know, gritting of the teeth, especially in a game like this when you're playing away almost like what they would call the Lions then. You expect that sort of performance, but it's not like we were kind of playing for a lucky break to get us, you know, further. Because Look, 80th minute, Kapoor then ends up getting sent off and this is also one of the things that, that really infuriated me. In this competition, the Europa League, you are allowed the five substitutions. We made up to then, we made the one sub. Now, arteta has got four subs remaining and he's playing against a team that is now tiring. And i mean seriously tiring because you could see some of the midfielders, every time they were the balls out of play, their hands were already on their knees because they could not cope at all. And I'm thinking, this is another time. You know, give it to them now that it's like 10 v 10. Give it to them. Because, I mean, look, we had to take it on the chin. And, I mean, we looked at a really out of sorts. Then we down to 10, like 10 men. We're actually playing now better without Sabayos. And then all of a sudden, we started to look a bit faster, the, the movement, and also... A bit more guilty, they go down to 10, and then we go back into our show. I think it does off. This is the point we have to, you know, hammer down the, the, the advantage of the initiative because 10v10 and you they're already tiring. I it Now you stick on Obama uh, uh, Young, now you stick on whoever attack, even Ketia, or whatever. You just stick everybody that are attacking or attack minded, you stick them on. And what he does is he ends up waiting, he ends up waiting. In the 85th minute, Obama Ab- comes on for. Saka, I mean, for me, I also another point I put there bizarre timing because I'm, I'm thinking you're trying to press on the advantage. I mean, you can't now just settle on that because you've got now the people in the like the opposition now on the last leg, so you know, go for it. I mean, I'm not saying go, gang, ho and leave everything open at the back. You, like you say you tell holding and and Marie, you just stay on the offer line. That's it, we're gonna do another the, the gritty work here, and or maybe you'd like you know, just stick party in front of them and you say okay you guys are the core there at the back there's a rest now just totally swarm them but no we don't do that we end up okay Obama gets a chance fourth minute of of injury time but of course he kind of slips as it came to pulling the trigger which allows the keeper to make it safe and then from that ensuing corner this is where the, the key to bizarreness yeah, with 20 seconds to go Nicola Teta makes two substitutions he brings on William and El Nini for Pepe and Smithero, just to see other
1: 20 seconds. Uh, I I, I don't know. I I think this this game had me questioning so many things when you you see what happened happened in the game and how we did other things. But, you know, the second uh, leg, Etienne Kapu is out, and and probably Juan Foy is going to see he picked up an injury. So, you know, I'm hoping... And we can kick on from there, but also Aubameyang should have done a bit better with that shot. But obviously, whoever the kit manager was, because everybody should be blamed. Because everybody was slipping like that as well. So, I don't know. I mean, being probably two seasons ago would have been more composed. they probably, you know, taking his time and put that away. But it just seems that the season's not been his season. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, yeah, as you said, not ties still alive, but I mean, Otete using... For me, it saves time to not only experiment with the formation, but also the you know the the man management in game time. For me, I mean, it leaves me at times speechless because you want to believe in this guy to take Arsenal to <clears throat> almost like another level. But I mean, for me, it, it just shows how you know greeny is at the job as well because I mean I don't think an experienced coach is going to even pull stunts like this in a game where. You want to, as you said now, especially in European times, you want to grab the initiative in that, that league when you're away already to, to show that you can either nick something or you nullify the opposition completely from the like, natural game. But as let's see how it's going to pan out for next week. I mean, personally, I'm not hoping, you know keeping my hopes up because every time, like I said, we keep our hopes up. Some of the league when big teams are messing up, we think, OK, this is another time that we can you know, chip away some points from, from you know, gaps from teams, but then we go on like a two-game win and a win streak, and then it's again draws and losses, and not even. I, I just don't see. I mean, of course, I, I don't want to get too far in now because we still got the talking points, but yeah, we go on now. Swing our attention now to the game on Sunday tomorrow against uh, Newcastle United at St James's Park, sixteenth versus tenth. Uh, I mean, what more can a person say? I mean, it's almost like we play at our level, really, because I don't see us you know, really you know, scaring anybody in the top nine because every time we seem to come short or really make heavy weather from, from, from most of the teams, even look at that, like that Fulham game as well, where you thought to yourself, you've already got home advantage and you're struggling like that to even you know get or clock up opportunities.
1: I think Newcastle's going to be more active than Arsenal. Newcastle are probably safe, but they, they are, have been playing for their lives of late. Like, I mean, they got a point against Liverpool last week. And I do think that Arsenal at the moment like, will, will probably be, be playing without motivation. For me, I would actually just stick on anybody that needs to get some minutes in their legs to, to kind of just get ready for third tonight, because for me, besides. You know, there's, there's nothing almost for us in the league anymore. I mean, we can, we can try and get results. But, you know, I, I'm looking over my shoulder for Thursday because I'm in mean, the league. We've been handed so many lifelines. You know, you tell yourself, OK, if we win today, you know, there's they, still hope for us in the league for, for something. But they just throw points away all the time. And I think, like, of the two, Newcastle will be angrier And, and I don't think... We should, we should risk our players fitness-wise because you see as well our players are falling and getting injured as
0: well. We just need everybody back right now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just wrapping up now with the Newcastle thing with regards to also Thursday, um, I think Kieran Tierney is going to be a, a little bonus if they can get him fit between yeah. now and then. I mean, maybe give him like a, a, a short run-out. against like yes. Newcastle, like yes. 15, So something like that just to get that feeling in the legs, and then you'll let him play the, the the Thursday Because I think, as you said, as everything is now in the Cup Final. All the chips now in that basket, all the yeah. leagues are in the basket right now. So, yeah. We're our attention now to the talking points of the podcast. Well, so, you, um,
1: we first we discuss maybe the Thursday night, the second league. I mean, how would you take that? So we will probably be touching, we will be touching on that game in the next podcast. So we need to preview it now. Yeah. Um... What are your thoughts on, on on you know how will you you approach this game? Because I mean, if we if we don't if we can't beat Valeria at home, you know, with, with that away goal, I mean, we don't need to, we don't deserve to go through. So, like you mentioned, Tierney needs to come in. I think hopefully Luckas hits his fit and we have a Bamiang. Also, we just need all hands on deck in a game like that.
0: Look, the thing is, luck is that I have not seen even in in that little training. bits. so I think that that thing is quite. Serious. I mean, I, I, that's why I, with with him, I'm not really holding any hopes up. Like you know, between now and end of the season, that he's going to be back. Um, Obame, I believe that few minutes. I mean, who knows how they're going to work with him now in you know, this coming week, building up to that game. Um, I think he should. He's probably going to also be a vital key to that thing because now we will actually also have like the centre forward playing there, which allows or actually opens the door now to. Say someone like Martinelli or Pepe to go on that side that he actually favours right now, on the on the left because I think he actually, I think he causes more problems now for teams when he go when he plays on the left because when he comes on the right, everybody knows he's just going to do the captain. Yeah, but now he's like he cut. He besides whipping in uh, crosses, he also can, you know, lay off or play through people with the right foot because I mean he does have a, a, a more controlled right foot when it means like passing and it. so I don't have a problem with that. Then I think also defense, a big rethink is going to be needed. I would actually, yeah. my, my personal take would be David Luiz and Pablo Murray because I still think Marie keeps himself, he still has a cool head and yeah. uh, assesses, uh, assesses the situation way quicker, um, doesn't allow himself to already get bullied that much. And then you've got David Luiz who's got that A1, root one ball of his, I mean, yeah. at times he can be a, a gaff machine, but I mean... He, that is what we have been missing in the time that he's been off, because you don't have that ball that's making teams second-guess or, uh, or rethink their plan when they want to attack, because he ends up just hitting the ball long for all our pacey guys to catch up to. Uh, as you said, Tierney left-back, having him back would be brilliant, because allow allows then to play alongside Thomas Party and I think that is where the true like battle will also then take place. Yeah. The two of them, no, and then you let Smith Rowe play, because I'm not sure if you cannot trust Odegaard to really be active for full night. Because i mean been we're going to need people that are really, you know, on the money. I mean, for, for me, it's almost like, let some like Smith Rowe help, you know, get us, like, a goal or two. And then almost like the last party, then you bring Odegaard on, you know, yeah. with that and, that, and then you let him, because then he can't dazzle people.
1: No, I agree. It's just, yeah, big, big game for on Thursday, and... I think all Arsenal fans are hoping that we can come through on top of it. But yeah, again, you did a talking point section.
0: So what's your take now with the whole Arteta thing, how things are playing out there with him? Because, look, without, uh, you know, the, like, say the path we go, you know, with, like, hypothetically speaking, League is already, as you said, that everything is too scattered and too distant to us to really make up ground. Just through the, the team's inconsistency. And then, I mean, with us being his only channel into
1: Europe, is, like, what's your take now on think You know, I, I've, I've been a peak. You know, initially when we, we signed Arte, uh, I was not you know, the greatest fan of it. And then, you know, obviously that FA Cup kind of painted over a lot of cracks winning it. Uh, you know, keep him in charge who the Community Shield. But over this whole season, I was all the time kind of saying, you know, wait till the end of the season before I judge him. Wait till the end of the season. And I think my opinion shifted so vastly. and uh, Not that it was based on one game, but mm-hmm. we came up against Villarreal, and just the manner in which the players turned up, the decisions that was made at various points in the game. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't think Arteta is the right man for the job. He's... Mm-hmm. It seems it's quite an experience and, you know, you could change your mind. I've always said it's the players' fault, it's the players' fault, it's the players' fault. Yes, the players, if you look at a lot of the goals you've conceded, it's due to individual errors and I mean, I think the coach does have the plan, but there's just certain things you can hide from. Like that said by your decision, that could have cost us dearly yeah. because of his, are we not wanting to... to, to um, Take take him off. I mean, a guy like Gwen Doozy could have probably, you know, been used somewhere along the line. He may have just got through to him somehow. But as he like a coach that's as a bit too arrogant at times for for his own good. His ego is bigger than, than what it is, should be because I mean he's won the FA Cup, years, but other than that, he's been woeful in the league. We're almost 11th spot. There's no consistency. So you Know where, where to from here? Like, do you say okay, after this, um, will see Europa League, you give him another opportunity, or do you say he's still far out of his death? Because you put this Arsenal side in a Champions League tie against any team in a game came the knockout stages, and we could struggle quite severely.
0: Yeah, but I mean, my take is just this can also go hand in hand with also club ownership because uh, you know. Not that I'm going to want to say, oh, yeah, you're going to go Arteta in, Arteta out type of thing. But it's like, if you don't have the support of the board, then I mean, are you why do you want to then trust them, say, with a transfer budget for next season? Or well, not just a transfer budget, but can uh, the Cookies actually give Arsenal also a sort of budget that can make us competitive? And I mean, it, it really does show now. I mean, it, it's got nothing to do now with self sustainability. It's going to come down now to how much. Stan can take in his own pockets and take money out of his own uh, personal uh, kitty to you know help Arsenal start surging through a through a league season because right now we are not showing it and for me it's almost like it's coming also at a time where you've got a, a, a I mean like what I call a greenhorn manager that that's not really a se- like you know seasoned in the game yet as 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 a manager and you wanting him not to get you from from A to B but I mean you you trying to go through different other awkward channels to to uh, get that, that way because it's not just of changing the coach, it's going to also come down to changing the manpower because there are a lot of people at Arsenal, uh, players at, at Arsenal, that are just not good enough. And I mean, the, the, the sooner the Krookers can accept that and understand it and think, okay, things are going to have to change, then only we're going to be able to move forward. But for me, it's almost like, uh, it's going to be against Square Pegs-Ranholds if you bring in a new coach now, and but you still have the same sort of players that are the reason. And I mean, the majority of them are the reason that uh, failed Wenger, that we got rid of over the course of this past season. And then also the uh, big core of this team, same group that also got Emery the sack eventually. So, I mean, do you really want to go, like, do we want to go down that path and, and always... To give the players always a pass, they are also part a big part of the problem.
1: No, I, I definitely agree with you, and and you, you got to look at, at at the team as well. You know, what you do with the likes of Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. he ends up with another performance of the season like he did last season. And mm-hmm. you know, you're paying him another top earner at the club, and he hasn't since he's top earner, he hasn't given us a real top earner performance. I mean, he's got everything that his vital goal against Benfica. It's a good performance, but I, th- I think we need more of those. I mean, what I feel bad for some players is, is that, like, you know, like I said, and even um, Fabian, we haven't played Champions League football in ages now. So, yeah. you know, do, do they want to just be at the club in in, a, in next season if we don't make Champions League? How long is it going to take for Saka to realize, you know, I can't keep doing this and offers start coming in? TNE, the same thing if awesome. yeah. they don't step up, could could be facing, you know, many players leaving the club. I think we're probably one more season away from, from players turning around and looking like, you know, I think I can be better for my career. You look at look at the likes of Phil Foden at the moment. Such a young player, but he's playing in a Champions League semi-final. I'm sure the likes of Saka or whoever is thinking, you know, I also want to be playing in a Champions League semi-final, not scrap and trying to, to just make it into a Europa League final.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, because I mean, uh, that's the sense I get also when I was listening to Saka's post-match interview where he said, like, you know, they can't keep on getting things wrong like this because... I mean, you have a sort of game plan and every time it's falling short. I mean, on a big... You know, it was like near embarrassing scale. And then also, Keane as well. He's got a competitive edge. And if... Uh, you always have to... Uh, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but you also have to quench his desire for honors. Yes, Like, bring in players that are going to get him over because you you do know you, this is a type of guy who's going to go to war for you. Yeah, people like Al Nini, uh, Sebayos, even like people like Holding and then mm. that sort of level of footballers. This is where they also get found out when you have to really be you, you know you are chasing a sort of dream now of of European fo- football. And I'm not talking just for the money aspect, but I mean to play the top level to actually bring in top players as well. Yeah. So you see that is where, and that is, um, the sooner the Kronkis also understand that the better, because you can see this team was not made for even a top eight run, or top six run, because there are so many flaws to the this team's game, like attitude, because for, for me the attitude is actually the worst when you look at yes. this team, because oh, this was also a factor, like with, with, we played Last Friday, that Everton game, Barcelona played the Sunday. Uh, sorry, Valeria played the Sunday against Barcelona, and yet Valeria looked way more focused. They looked fitter and whatever. And yet also had a way longer period to rest and, and and have a sort of game plan. There was no game plan even there. If it, no, if it,
1: no, we don't have an identity anymore. You know, we had one in the, at the start yet, but there's like there's nothing at the moment. It almost like we 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 just getting through games, and it it, it was. It seems to be like master strokes of individual brilliance that helps us get through the the games at times. So, you know, it's it's up to the players also to be held accountable and start pulling their finger. So, yeah, I know. Important week lies ahead for us. And hopefully that the guys can step up because uh, it's looking a bit scary at the moment how things are happening in Arsenal.
0: Yeah, with that, uh, hope you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy the coming week. Uh, take care, guys. Bye. Cheers,
1: guys, and hopefully, we'll be discussing us playing in the Europa League final next week. Cheers, guys.